Good evening. A special thank you to Mr. and Mrs. Walpaw for sponsoring tonight's class in honor of the Rabbi and Rabbitson. So thank you very much. Topic is OCD, anxiety, and halacha. This is part one of a discussion that will probably take us a couple of weeks. This is a topic that I think hits home for many of us. It is a very common struggle that many, millions and millions of human beings have, just getting through life. Getting through life, trying to face the, uh, the challenges of insecurity, of anxiety, of OCD on different levels. And uh, the goal of tonight's discussion is really just to have a general outlook to try to explore together the basic approach towards life that I think as a, as a foundation can be very helpful when either we personally deal with issues of anxiety or OCD, um, and it could be very helpful when trying to help others, children, friends, or a spouse. Now, as you know, I am Rabbi Doctor, PhD, right? so I don't have a PhD. And the goal of our discussions is not to delve into the clinical aspects of all of the latest research, and that is not my area of expertise. But rather, our pursuit is going to try to understand and incorporate the basic hashkafas ha-Torah. What is the Torah outlook generally on what we're striving for, our attitudes, our, our feelings towards life in general, and then to explore some of the great teachings of the Stipler and other contemporary poskim relating to both hashkafically and halachically the struggle of anxiety and OCD within our daily lives. The Sharei Tshuva, the Rebbe Yonah writes, quoting the verse in Mishlei, Ashrei Adam Mefachei Tamir. Fortunate is the person who is always afraid. It's a wonderful thing to be Mefachei Tamir. And he explains, in the context of of tshuva, of trying to come closer to Hashem, even if I've left behind some of my negative ways, Shlomo HaMalach is telling us it's still appropriate to have an ongoing pachad, which is usually translated as fear. What is that fear of? Perhaps even though I've transformed myself I've done tshuva, but maybe there's still more to go. I haven't really done everything I can do, and therefore it's appropriate to be mefachei tamid. So how does that make you feel? Is that empowering? Does it make you feel more calm and serene? Am I striving to be mefachei tamid? Is that something that sounds appealing? Right, so obviously most of us would say, not really, I'd rather not be constantly afraid, and is that really the ideal? Is that really what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to be feeling? And clearly the answer is no. 
The goal is not to be afraid. The goal is not to be anxious. And we all know that whatever level of pain one goes through, physically or externally, the pain that we suffer in the internal realm can be so much more dreadful. Dealing with with issues of of insecurity and anxiety, although I, I can't point to one place in my body that's aching, but that inner pain can be paralyzing. Shlomo HaMelech writes in Mishle elsewhere, Lev sameach yeitiv panim, that the heart that's besimcha, that's feeling joy, it brings gladness to the face. Uba'atzvus lev ruach necheya. However, if the heart is feeling down and dejected and depressed, so then my whole physical body just withers. Explains the Rebbe Yonah that Shlomo HaMelech is telling us, Ki ikr hanos haguf v'tsauro, the main pleasure or pain that we could experience, the main physical pleasure or pain, taluyim belev, it's dependent on what's happening in my heart and in my mind. When I'm feeling content and I'm feeling grateful and I have an appreciation for life and I'm not being held down by fears and anxiety, not only do I have a hargasha, this internal feeling, but it has an impact on my overall body, my functioning. And the Opposite is also true. If internally I'm broken and I'm feeling down and dejected and, and inferior, so then physically I'll have pains as well. But everything is based on what's going on within my mind and within my heart. So Ashri Adam Mefachet Tamir, why in the world would Shlomo Melech tell us it's a good state of mind to be constantly afraid. Clearly, he doesn't mean we should be afraid in an unhealthy way. But what does he mean? There's a, uh, I think the modern term is a person who's relaxed, so he's chilled out. That's probably no longer modern. That's already probably 15 years old by now. What's the more modern or contemporary way of saying chilled out? No. He's so sick. So sick. It's also like 20. It's a, oh, where does this idea come from, being chilled out? And is this a Torah value? Is it something that we're actually striving for? Superficially, we would probably assume, no, if a person takes life seriously and every moment is meaningful and you have to capitalize on on every opportunity, how can you live in in, in a chilled out state? The Mishnah in Perkyovos tells us, Schok v'kalis rosh margilin le'erva. Schok, laughter, kalis rosh is lightheadedness, that could lead to immoral behavior. Now, the rest of the Mishnah, it's interesting, has a very different flow to it. Right? This is very negative. If you have too much schok and kalas rosh, that will lead you to immoral behavior. The continuation of the Mishnah, though, is more in the positive. 
For example, siag litora maestros, masoris rather siag litora, right? Being part of the, the legacy, part of the tradition is a siag litora, it's a fence, it's a way of keeping and maintaining your Torah. Maestros siag l'osher, one who gives maeser, one who makes sure to give tzedakah, that's a way of maintaining one's wealth. So the rest of the mission that's giving us instructions, if you want to keep something precious, here's what you should do. It's the first part of the mission that has it in the negative. If you do schok v'kalis rosh, if you're acting in a way that you're not taking things seriously, that will lead to immorality. Why not say it as follows? Atzvus v'kovid harosh right, a, a certain level of, of depression, and COVID harosh, which means intensity, that will lead to Kedusha. That will lead to positive behavior. And that would be much more in line with the rest of the Mishnah. So the Tiferes Yisrael says something so incredibly fundamental. He explains that obviously Atzvus, being in this state of depression, is not the ideal we don't have that divine presence with us when we're in a state of, of feeling down. But then he says something surprising. And even the state of mind of COVID Rosh, which means there's an intensity. That's only appropriate when you're davening. We know that tefillah is meditation, and there, that requires a focus, an intensity of thought, a rikuzimachshava, right? You're gathering all of your, your mental and, and emotional capacities. But that's only during davening. However, concludes the Tveris Yisrael, v'shneihem menios gedolos ba'avodos Hashem. But both of these Midos, namely Atzvos, being depressed, and Kovid Harosh, being intense, can actually be a blockage in one's service of God. So I get being depressed is probably not going to propel you forward. But how can he say that Kovid Harosh is also something that if taken outside the context of davening, that's also a mania, that's a blockage of our, of our spirituality? If anything, I would assume the exact opposite. The more intense you are, the more you're capitalizing on every moment, and the more you're able to grow and to become more spiritual. Why is COVID harosh also a mania? Why is intensity also a blockage to real wholesome growth? What would you say? The answer is, if you're overly tense for too much of your day, for too many of your interactions, what that does is it suffocates you. And it almost zaps the chiyus, the life, out of your neshama. Living in an ongoing state of COVID rosh is very unhealthy. And when you see people who are getting more inspired, or a young man starting off his yeshiva career, and, and there's an overexpression of intensity, oftentimes that's not something to be excited about, 
but rather it's something to be nervous about. Because too much of that COVID rosh, too often, is a very unhealthy thing. It's a mania, it's a blockage between you and a Kaddish Baruch. So what then is the ideal state? Concludes the Tferis Yisrael on his commentary to this Mishnah in Perkei Avos. He says there are two qualities we're striving for to have these feelings within us as much as possible. Number one is Simcha. Now Simcha doesn't mean you have to be walking around with a smile, right, always jolly. There's no mitzvah to be jolly. Those who have that personality, God bless them, and I'm jealous. But Simcha in this context means I'm able to feel content. There's a, a sense of gratitude and appreciation for life. There's a sipuk hanefesh, there's a satisfaction. Simcha, and the other quality, says Tferes Yisrael, is kalus haguf. Literally, kalus haguf means lightness of the body. So, schok v'kalus rosh, too much of that could be dangerous. But simcha v'kalus haguf, that's the ideal state. That's the ideal state. How do we define kalus haguf, lightness of the body? Or you might say, somewhat chilled out, relaxed. So how in the world does this description of the ideal state of mind fit with the advice of Shlomo HaMelech? Ashrei Adam Mefachei Tamid, you should always be afraid. If I'm always afraid, doesn't that also have the connotation of COVID harosh, of intensity? How do we fit these two ideas together? I'll share with you a conversation I actually had just a couple days ago. Um, very impressive, very sincere young lady who came back from seminary. She's probably 19. She was asking a couple of questions, and one question I felt was very, very thoughtful. She said she came back from seminary, and she was very inspired. And then she was home for a while and then went back to Israel for a week. And during that week, she spent time with some of her teachers and she had that injection of, of uh, chizuk again. So now she's back in America and she was asking, is it appropriate to daven maruv every night? Right? Officially, women don't have the obligation to daven maruv. But she was asking, I did so in Eretz Yisrael. It was very meaningful. Part of me wants to continue this practice. On the other hand, I'm a little bit nervous because it's, it's quite a commitment. So I asked the question, is davening Mariv something that, that you enjoy and, and look forward to? And the response was, well, to be brutally honest, not really. I'm doing it because I'm, I'm trying to show my, my commitment and, 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 and take steps forward in my Avodah Hashem. So by accepting upon myself the Davin Ma every night, I'm, I'm doing that. Do you have a level of, of anxiety throughout the day knowing that you have this burden that you have to Davin Ma before you go to sleep? Yeah, it is somewhat of a burden. It means I take it seriously. If I commit to something, I take it seriously.
So I asked her, do you think it's really the best thing then for your overall Avodis Hashem? Obviously, you, you, you want to be taking steps forward, but one major component that, that is so foundational is the concept of Ivdu es Hashem besimcha. We have to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu with joy. And if I'm taking on more obligations that I don't really have to be doing, that might chip away at my Ivdu es Hashem besimcha. So it's a wonderful hargasha, it's a very noble thought, but it might not be the best thing for you. My, my personal advice was, you just got back from this week, you're on a high, don't commit to anything right now, give yourself some time, and maybe in the meantime, you could do something else, you could say a few paragraphs of Tehillim every day. Nothing set, right? Nothing set necessarily that could bring on that, that same burden, but to be very weary, to be very careful, even when we're trying to, to grow and to expand our horizons, to do so in a way where it's not taking away from my feelings of simcha sechayim, that, 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 that sense of being content, of being satisfied, of kalos haguf. Now, this idea comes from Revolba. Revolva in the Ale Shor, this is the top of page two, he speaks about some of the complexities that we encounter when, when trying to really improve and, and take steps forward. He says, Every time we're, think of doing, we're thinking of doing something, something more, something additional, any addition in my Vodas Hashem, there's always a concern of I could awaken within myself a feeling of rebellion, which is a strange thing. Why am I taking on more? Because I so much want to come closer to you, Hashem. But I have to be careful, because if I take on too much too quickly, and I'm almost stifling myself, or I'm, I'm, I'm placing more obligations on, on, on myself at this point than I'm ready for, what I'm really doing is I'm stoking the coals of, of, of a rebellion within. If a person does more than he or she can do, so in the long run I'm going to be losing out. And he explains... He says, sometimes Yikarim Lavod al You have precious young men, young women who really start taking life and, and Yiddishkeit seriously, but they do so blihadracha, without the guidance, without someone older and wiser leading them. And then what happens is inevitably they're not going to be successful oftentimes. Or they, they take too much on to the point where their whole spiritual experience becomes negative. So I shared with her, I said, I think if, if you don't really enjoy doing this every night and you were to have this ongoing commitment, it might be you might be losing more than you're gaining. What does it mean, therefore, to be mefached tamid? That seems to be flying in the face of everything that we're learning. We're not supposed to be afraid. We're not supposed to be anxious. 
What Shlomo HaMelech is telling us, Mefachet doesn't have to be a description of, of a feeling of fear or anxiety. Mefachet can be more a description of a mindset of being conscious, of being mindful, of being careful. Mefachet tamid, I'm not scared, I'm not afraid, but I'm concerned. I want to make sure that what I'm doing is, is the right thing. And therefore, I'll ask a question, I'll try to I'll probe deeper, I'll explore more within myself. Mefache does not mean that we should be afraid or anxious. It means we should be conscious of what we're doing and careful in how we're doing it. But the feelings that we're striving for within simcha v'kalas haguf. There's a famous analogy from the Dubna Magid where he speaks about all the analogies in the olden days had to do either with a king and his son or a guy in a train, right? Those are the two basic analogies we have. So the Dubna Magid has an analogy with the guy coming off a train and he has one of his bags but it looks like he forgot the other one behind him. So when he realizes that he forgot his other bag, he turns around and he sees the porter, right, the guy that works in the train, he's running towards him saying, Sir, I think I have your bag. And he's schlepping this, this really heavy suitcase. The guy says, I, I don't think that's mine. No, no, I, I saw when you came on, you had the black attache. Th this is your bag. How do you know it's not? Well, my bag wasn't that heavy. You wouldn't have to be schlepping it like that. My bag was very light. You could easily just pick it up and carry it to me. The fact that you're schlepping and, and, and being matriach yourself to get that heavy bag to me, I know that's not my bag. Explains the Dubna Magid. When Hashem sees us engaged in, in Torah and mitzvos and trying to really live that lifestyle of, of frumkite, if the way we're viewing it is, it's a burden and it's a source of anxiety, and it's so hard to be a Yid, and it's so difficult to, to do all the obligations and responsibilities we have, Hashem says, well, that's not my bag. That's your baggage. My bag, my, my Torah is pleasant. It's supposed to enhance your simcha and kalas haguf. If it's bringing COVID harosh, too often, it's bringing atzvos, it's bringing a sense of, of, of anxiety or animosity. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, those are not my mitzvos, that's not my Torah. The, uh, the book, Spare the Child, he relates that, this is Rabbi Yechiel Yaakovson, who was a real expert in chinuch and in, in education, he says that he's come across something over the last few decades that he finds very disturbing. He's referring to a bizarre perception which associates Yira Shemayim with gloom. So generally speaking, how do we translate Yira Shemayim? Fear of heaven. I actually looked for this in my, in my kid's room. There's a particular, it's, it's a children's book and it goes through different midos. And I remember being very turned off 
by the picture it had for the Midah of Yerushalayim. What was the picture? It was basically like uh, a little boy, kind of meek and timid. <laughs> That's not the picture of Yerushalayim you want to paint for children or for yourselves. And this is exactly what Ryakosin is talking about that there's this warped perception that Yerushalayim equals gloom. It is as though a person's Yerushalayim depends on how dejected he looks. And that's why we have this very sad reality. And now it's a little bit different, Baruch Hashem. But going back not that many years ago, it was hard to find a picture of a Godel when he was smiling. Because the perception was, if, if people are trying to buy a picture of a Godel, they, they want him to look Hashiv. How do you look Hashiv? Only if you're doing this. Right? <laughs> or if you're screaming from the podium, like this. To have a picture of a gadol, maybe a Shlomo Zaman Arbach, maybe, but, but it's based on this warped perception of what Yerushalayim is. This seems to have become something of an ideology, one which was never part of the Yiddishkeit of our forefathers or Torah leaders. There is no basis for this perception, for this picture, this very unhealthy image of Yerushalayim. But we cannot simply ignore this warped, counterfeit form of Yiddishkeit. Not only because it is entirely at odds with true Judaism, but also because it has wrecked havoc on our chinuch. When you're trying to educate and inspire and empower students or children, if they have this feeling that the more from I am, or the more connected I become to Torah and mitzvos, the less happy and more reserved and timid and scared I become, that I want nothing to do with that lifestyle. I want nothing to do with that reality. So where does this leave us practically? Practically speaking, I think we have a few, a few general ideas. The first is that a, that a sense of gratitude, joy, and fun is not at all at odds with Ashrei Odin B'fachei Tamir, nor is it at odds with Yerushalayim. Likely, those two, and we don't have time to delve into the real, deeper definition of what Yerushalayim actually is, but if you think about it for a moment, if Yerushalayim, at least in part, is living with more of an awareness, more of that presence of Hashem with me in everything that I do, that I have this, this very healthy yira, that a Kaddish Baruch Hu is here, and there's a truth to this relationship, and it's vivid and it's tangible, so then that doesn't bring gloom and despair and, 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 and dejection. That helps fuel the simcha and the kalas haguf. Right? That joy and contentment and that, that serenity that we all want, which is the ideal, explains the Tferis Yisrael, that is the ideal mind state. It's not a contradiction, but rather they're machazik each other. Healthy Yerushalayim feeds into Simcha Sachayim, feeds into that joy and appreciation of life. And the joy and appreciation of life can very well feed into a healthy Yerushalayim. So having this as a backdrop, 
where it's possible to fulfill the advice of Shlomo HaMelech, Ashri Adam Mefachei Tamid, not to be scared and, and, and anxious, but to be conscious and aware, living with Zahirus, that's Mefachei Tamid. That's a conceptual, intellectual state. The emotional world, though, is Simcha V'Kalas HaGuf. The second idea is that meaningful and intentional engagement with mitzvos is something that we can and must accomplish without COVID harosh, without the intensity, the unhealthy intensity that oftentimes comes along with one who is sincere and devout. When I'm trying to, to be medaktig b'mitzvos, and I'm learning halacha, and I want to know how to do it in the right way at the right time, not to allow the COVID harosh, the intensity, the, 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 the fear, the unhealthy anxiety to come in, because if that's how I'm living the halacha, and it becomes an ongoing cycle of, of questioning myself and never feeling confident and always having regrets and second thoughts, then Hashem says, that's not my mitzvah. That, that's, your, that's your struggle. But that's not what the Torah is. So idea number two is meaningful and intentional engagement in mitzvahs without intensity. To be serious, to take life, to take life seriously, but not to have that, that, that tensity. The third and final idea, based on these uh, sources, is the importance of teaching the guiding principles of halacha, not just the do's and don'ts. And, and I've seen this on every level. Right, how often do we find ourselves confused about something and, and all we have to work with is I remember a couple years ago, Rabbi, so-and-so said that. And that might apply in this case. But I also remember hearing a shir from Rabbi so-and-so when he was saying this. And then I looked it up in the 39 Malachos book, and he had some random example about flies in a box. I didn't get it, <laughs> right? So try to put everything together. When you have many do's and don'ts, the, the whole system of halacha, of how we live life, can be viewed as this, this arbitrary, almost scary world of not knowing where to take my next step because I might be doing something wrong. How do we counteract that? So educationally, that's why it's so crucial when, when we're learning halacha for ourselves and when we're teaching it to others to try to paint the picture and give the, the guidelines, the klalim. These are the guiding principles of this particular area of halacha. There are obviously many details to learn in every aspect of halacha, but likely I'm not going to remember everything. But if I have a clarity on the guiding principles, what that does is it empowers me because I have an understanding of how to approach this area of, of, of life. I might not know certain things and I'll ask questions. But I think from an educational standpoint, having the, the, the context of where the halacha fits in is so crucial. What I want to do is leave this as a foundation. This is the goal we're striving for. I think we would all agree that if we could attain more simcha and kalas haguf and be serious and, and, and engaged in mitzvot without the intensity, that would be the ideal, and we'd love to get there. 
What we're going to do next time in Ritz Hashem is try to explore what exactly are the challenges of OCD and different forms of anxiety, how they're expressed within a Frum lifestyle. Does a Frum lifestyle add fuel to that fire? Right, if I have that tendency, does, does, does it make my life more difficult because now I care about all of these details and nuances of halacha? We'll have to explore what some of the gedolim uh, teach us and uh, the guidelines that come from their hashkafa satora. Looking forward to continuing. Have a wonderful night. Yeah.